At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, and you already know where we're going to start today. Some LA action, the Dodgers and the Angels. We'll take a look at what they have coming up, where they are at. And then I want to get into our first guest, Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sportsbook. Does an incredible job, is in the thick of her football prep right now, and we're going to pick her brain on what she likes in the Pac-12, while we still have the Pac-12. And we're going to take a look at win total specifically, figure out which ones we love, which ones we like, and which ones we would not touch with a 10-foot pole. It's going to be fun. Then we're going to get into the WNBA. Obviously, playoffs quickly coming around the corner here. Justin Carter will be on to preview the WNBA Friday and Saturday games. He's a writer and editor at Fubo TV and covers women's basketball all over. Fansided, Windsider, you name it. You can find him on Twitter, by the way, at Just Carts. That's J-U-S-C-A-R-T-S. And then... Pamela Maldonado, by the way, if you want to follow her on Twitter as well, it's at Pamela M35, and they're both really great follows. So with that, let's take a look at the local Los Angeles odds. Of course, starting with baseball here on Friday night, the Padres at the Dodgers kicking off a series here, and the Dodgers are coming off of a nice little win streak here. They just swept the Giants on the road, five-game win streak. All of them covered the run line as well. you got to love betting the Dodgers on the run line. That's the only time... You get a little bit of value, which is so sad to say, but that is the state of things with the riches that this team has. And on the run line at Bet Rivers in this game, Padres at Dodgers on Friday, the Dodgers plus 125. 
money line minus 155, the Padres money line plus 132, and then the Padres getting one and a half runs at minus 157. Total for this game sitting at nine, slightly juiced to the under here, just ever so slightly. As expected, the Padres were the biggest mover on the betting board after they acquired Juan Soto. We were wondering, where will he be? And it looks like he's headed to the Padres now. So Josh Bell also acquired from the Washington Nationals for the Padres. And they were as long as 25-1 to to win the World Series before the All-Star break. 20-1 to before the Soto trade. And now at Bet Rivers, 11-1 to since the Soto trade. So lots of moving pieces here. And perhaps a little bit... More interesting, more intrigue in the South. Tony Gonsolin supposed to be on the mound for Friday uh, for LA and Lefty Shamanea for the Padres on Friday. Again, Dodgers hosting them and a three-game series going on through Sunday. As for the Angels, showed a little bit of life, some, what, six single homers in their most recent game, and they will be kicking things off at the Mariners on Friday. Four games through Sunday, two on Saturday. So doubleheader there. I think we all remember the kerfuffle and the resulting suspensions from the last time these teams faced off. I wonder if the drama will continue. Hmm. Two lefties on the mound here. Patrick Sandoval for LA versus Robbie Ray for Seattle. Don't have high hopes for the Angels for the rest of the season, but this game could be spicy. The Mariners minus 210 on the money line. The Angels plus 180. Run line, Angels getting one and a half runs at minus 130. The Mariners run line, so laying one and a half runs at plus 105. And the total for this game at seven. Juice to the under here at minus 122. Interesting. That's an awfully low total for an Angels team that all of a sudden seems to have found their bats. We'll see how it goes, uh, but you can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. And with that, let's welcome in our guest, Pamela Maldonado. You can find her on Yahoo Sportsbook. Deep diving into football right now. How is the football prep going, Pam? Um, it's a lot because I'm having to navigate the whole football season. I am going from like the Pac-12 to the SEC to the NFL. Wait, but there's still PGA going on. There's still ATP tennis. So this is the first time actually in my sports betting career that I've had to navigate multiple sports at the same time. So it's been a challenge, but it's been fun. I'm mostly focusing on football, of course, so that's been great because, man, it's getting me. The more that I read and research, the more excited I'm getting for the season to be here. It's almost here. I know. I log on to Twitter every morning and look forward to your countdown. You're like, this many days to football. So <laughs> I'm, I'm getting just as amped just from your energy. It's contagious. And it's funny because it reminds me of almost working in local news where it's like, okay, this sport's over. Time to start covering this next one. And a lot of people who work in sports get to cover one sport. And are also not talking about betting on that sport with with money. So mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult to make these transitions for us. And I'm obviously still knee-deep in WNBA because playoffs are right around the corner. So I'm really excited to get your insights on the Pac-12 today. Obviously a Los Angeles show, so we talk a lot about UCLA and USC. And they will be at the front of the mind here. But I want to hear your thoughts on the Pac-12 in general here. Just taking a look at some of the win totals. I have to say some jump out that are surprising to me. Oregon's is only at 8.5. Oregon State down around 6.5. And, and poor Arizona, 3. <laughs> is the win total. If anybody is an Arizona fan and wants to bet that over, we'll try to talk you out of it today. What are your initial thoughts on the Pac-12? My initial thoughts on the Pac-12. Ew. <laughs> it is a conference. As a Texas Longhorn alum, it is just a conference that I've generally never really paid attention to until I got into You and the rest of the country. <laughs> until I got into sports betting. And I know that you're an LA girl, but my mm. God, just like what a wolf of a conference. You have a lot of teams that are having like such major transitions, whether it be with coaches, whether it be with quarterbacks, all of the off-field situations that come mm. into it, can come into play. Um, I think during the COVID times, 
probably the Pac-12 was one of the conferences that was most drastically impacted. So it's just, it hasn't quite been the same over the last couple of years. And so trying to navigate these season win totals, you're kind of like your head underwater already. You're already starting handicapped with the deficit. So um, it's interesting to get through them because there are some teams that are going to be, okay, I'm a little bit interested, but a majority of the conference, I've got to be honest, this is these are teams that I don't really want to bet preseason, but I'm probably going to be looking to fade during the season. <laughs> okay, Pac-12 fans are just hearts are breaking everywhere <laughs> right now that Pam is just not a fan of the Pac-12. But and to your point, I mean the transfer portal was huge this year. I know for UCLA alone, they had 21 players enter the transfer portal in the offseason. They only have, I think, three returning defensive starters. So that was a huge impact across the board. Is that something that's factored in, obviously, to your handicapping here as well? Is there so many unknowns with that transfer portal? It is. This is the first year that we've really seen such a significant change with the transfer portal. You have players who are also eligible to continue on with their with their season as a fifth-year eligibility because of the whole COVID pandemic. So you have players who are like Joe Burrow, where they're like 23, 24, still in college, trying to play their fifth, six-year option. So you have a lot of question marks. Like this was trying to not only keep up with which player went to which team into now a new conference. I mean, this is definitely, it was a lot to like take in. So now you're trying to decipher, okay, great. You're now you're transferred. Do you fit the scheme of the offense that they have now? Oh, you have a new offensive coordinator. Well, let me look at the type of offense that you had coming into it. So there's just like mm -hmm. a lot of different pieces. This is probably, I would say the most amount that I, can't, I don't have a number to quantify this, but this is probably the most drastic changes that we have seen in NCAA football, I would say, definitely over the last like few years, if not the last decade. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And it's one of those things where the water has become so muddy that I almost feel like the best thing to do is let it settle and mm -hmm. just kind of see how things start off in the season. And that's coming from somebody, of course, who loves to live bet things. So <laughs> there it is. Uh, let's take a look now specifically at these win totals. So... We're going to play a game here, Pam and I. We're going to find out which bet we love, which one we like, and which one we would not touch with a 10-foot pole. And I'll give you one guess of what team that I'm looking at for that. But we'll start with Miss Pamela here. So which of the win totals in the Pac-12 do you love the best? I love the best. Let me scroll down. I'm going to go with the Oregon State Beavers. The game, the season win total for them is 6.5. I am super high on the Beavers this year. I think it's because I'm already coming into this with some bias. The Beavers have been just like really great underdog team for me over the last few seasons. So now you're giving me a low season win total. They're one of the few teams in the conference that is maintaining a lot of its parts. They just had their first bowl in eight years. They have a fifth-year head coach when a lot of other teams have brand new coaches. Washington, Oregon, Washington State, they all have head new head coaches. They do have a new defensive coordinator but that could actually work to their favor. But I was talking about the Beavers as an underdog. Against the spread as an underdog, 14-7-1 in their last three seasons. In conference, they led in yards per play. Um, quarterback Chance Nolan, he's a very good quarterback, over 2,600 yards, 19 touchdowns. What I love about him is that he's also a mobile quarterback. He has 300 rushing yards on the season. And they have this offense. It's top 20 in rushing yards. And you're returning back um, for you're returning your top running back in BJ, in BJ Baylor. He's gone. He accounted for half the total rushing yards on the team. So we're going to see if Deshaun Fenwick can fill that role, which I believe that he definitely can. And you're talking about an offensive line. What made them so good on offense? They had a solid offensive line. They are top six in the nation. And they're returning their offensive line, their head coach, a quarterback, 
They have depth at your best offense, which is the running back, and they have a new defensive coordinator. There's just a lot to like about the Beavers, and they have a fantastic home schedule, which definitely has me more interested. Home against Boise, USC, USC, Washington State, Colorado, Cal, Oregon. I mean, those are all automatic wins, in my opinion. Jeez. Anytime you can she get to it. not she play Boise, anytime you can get to not play Boise on that blue turf and you get to play them at home, that is an that's a win in itself. So I love their home schedule. I love the pieces that they're returning back. The Beavers, great underdog team, likely going to be underdogs again this season. I am betting them every which way. This I'm looking forward to backing them as underdogs. I didn't even realize that that was a stat from last year. So I'm definitely looking for some game opportunities to get in on the Oregon State Beavers. And I love what you said. They're returning a lot of pieces, obviously. They made progress last season, seven and six. There's a lot to love here. And you can tell that you love it. I can tell that you love that one. So let's uh, go to the one that I love. I mean, such a homer here. But it's weird because just about a couple weeks ago, I had this on my eh, maybe list. And now I love it. UCLA over eight and a half wins. I'm convinced. Let's talk about it. The Bruins eight and four last year, heading into Chip Kelly's fifth season. DTR, their quarterback coming back returns plus Zach Charbonnet running back that's an unstoppable duo behind those two UCLA had a top 10 offense in 2021 they scored over 36 points per game which was helpful because the defense well if it was a rushing defense it was doing just fine actually only behind Utah I believe for the rushing defense but the passing was awful now they only returned three defensive starters they were 61st in scoring defense and 103rd in passing defense which pam i'm guessing is you're more of the stat person that's not so good right oh no that's not when there's only 130 teams yeah <laughs> okay so 103 not so good definitely left a lot to be desired but they have a new coordinator bill mcgovern who seems to be getting them on the right page here non-conference schedule being the thing that everyone's pointing to most with this ucla win total is that it should be very doable if not easy am i cautious to say easy <laughs> now the october 8th showdown with utah that's when things are going to start to get very real pac-12 title implications with that but when i look at this schedule for ucla nine should wins maybe three toss-ups utah oregon and usc i actually do like ucla i, I agree with your pick here you are talking about dtr <laughs> they had uh they could have had a nine win season last year um he missed the utah game with injury so if he can stay mm -hmm. upright and be healthy for a full season now my one caveat can i give you a caveat to yes, this ucla team now they had yes. a couple of problems in 2021 that i wasn't fond of they had those late losses and i remember these late losses because i was backing them as favorites up 37 to 33 to fresno and they lost with 40 40 seconds left in the game. They were down just three points to Oregon, and DTR, of course, got injured late in the fourth, and Garbers threw an interception, and that was all she wrote. So those are two unfortunate losses. If you turn those losses into wins, I mean, over eight and a half, I love that game. I love that to I love yeah. that total. Yeah, and I'm with you. There, there were late-game losses, and I have to ask you, do you think it's worse to witness a late-game loss if it's your team that you're, like, invested in or that you're literally invested in with money as a better, which is worse? as your team because you lose lose either way if you bet on them this is why i don't bet my team if you lose <laughs> you lost money but if you lose man that heartbreak you feel it all week as a better you can kind of get over it and move on to the next day and be like oh there's more football i got the nfl to bet on on the, <laughs> the sunday after but the bank will your, recover my heart will not team, when it's your team you have your friends talking about it your family talking about it at brunch you're talking about it it just never it never goes away for the next seven day period <laughs> Well, we know you're in Texas, so football is huge there, obviously. And 
I do. Do I remember you betting on them last year? I thought I saw you bet on them once and it, it slapped you in the face a little bit. I don't remember. Yeah, it backfiring. I would have to say, I mean, if I did, shame on me because I have always said that I do not <laughs> I thought bet. I saw it. I do not bet on or against my horns because I have, what is it, beer goggles? <laughs> they just look yeah. super great every, every season. I'm super hyped. Every year, I think we're going to the national title. Yep. And then we just fall flat on our faces, so... Yeah, well, it gets the best of all of us. So that's the hard thing about betting on your team, but we tr we try our best here. So take that with a grain of salt for my love pick. But let's move into like. You know, we're not quite in love with it yet, but we like this pick. Which pick do you like of the win totals? Uh, I'm going to have this as a like because it's a low total, but it's Stanford under four and a half games. They went three and nine last year. It was their third straight season missing a bowl game. Last year, you're talking about an offense in Stanford, 125th in rushing, 124th in rushing defense. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't stop the run. They were bottom 40 in giveaways and in quarterback protection. They were bottom 10 in takeaways and in sacks. I mean, they just didn't have any positiveness at all throughout the entire season. They do get, there is one glimmer of hope, is that they do get all five starters back on the offensive line. But is that even really a good thing? I've talked about it before, how there's a thing as, oh, returning production, that's well. Okay, but if the returning production was inefficient in the season prior, does it really matter? They had 31 combined sacks allowed with this five, five offensive linemen. So I don't know if that's going to be of any benefit to them at all. You have a quarterback in Tyner McKee. He had four touchdowns, seven interceptions in his final five games. But that was only after he had 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions in his first five. So which version of him are we going to get? And if you look at the schedule for Stanford, my God, you have back-to-back -back road games at Washington, at Oregon, at Notre Dame, at UCLA, at Utah. That is just a brutal, brutal schedule. They have got to have one of the worst, toughest schedules of the entire conference. Not just the conference, but of the entire like FBS. So mm -hmm. it's four and a half is very low. But for a team like Stanford, who just, I, I'm, you're searching for the positivity in them, and I, I can't find it, then I, it, it makes sense. So under four and yeah. a half for Stanford. No, I'm with you. And last year, honestly, Stanford's crash and burn got overshadowed for me by USC's because yeah. it was different quarterback playing every week. It felt like they lost Drake London, and it almost overshadowed how bad of a season Stanford had. And it doesn't look like it's getting any easier for them on the schedule side of things, at least. So I know four is low, but it's interesting because my like here is even lower. Colorado under three and a half wins. Colorado <laughs> has such a rough schedule. This is not about Colorado not being able to win four games. So if you're a Colorado fan, I apologize. It is about them having to face Oregon and Washington in the former North, not so much anymore, plus six true road games, no easy opponents. I mean, what are the likely losses here? TCU, at Minnesota, UCLA, even at Arizona might be a loss for this Colorado team. So it's not a hit on Colorado so much as this is going to be a very tough schedule, I think, for the Buffalo. So under three and a half wins, I like it. I like it. I don't disagree with you. Oh. Yeah, it's it's tough. The only thing I have on my notes for Colorado, under. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Under she wrote. Move on. <laughs> that's all she wrote. I know. I know. And it's, I hate to say it, Buffalo fans. And I hope you prove me wrong. I always hope people prove me wrong, actually. Uh, let's move on finally to wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Which one is the one for you? Wouldn't touch with a 10 foot pole. Give me Arizona State. The season win total for them is five and a half, but I want absolutely nothing to do with them. And the reason for that. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with them last season. 2021 was a complete mess for Arizona State. I mean, they went, they had an eight and five season, which 
seems good, and maybe five and a half seems too low for them. But the drama that was surrounding this team, they were investigated by the NCAA because of the recruiting processes. They lost their defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and tight end coach, who were all resigned. Their wide receiver coach and secondary coach, they were fired. And about 20 of the players that they had entered the transfer portal early in, early in the season, if not the rest of the season. So for this year... They have a new quarterback. Out is quarterback Jaden uh, Daniels. He had 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, but he was mobile, so that was good. Second on the team in rushing yards and in scores. And in comes Florida quarterback transfer in Emory Jones, who seems to be maybe a bit of a comparison because he did have 3,000 passing yards and he rushed for about 800 in his career. 144 of that, however, did come against Tennessee alone. Um, I'm not the biggest Emory Jones believer, so I'm not, I think Daniels does have a little bit more to offer as far as the ceiling than Jones. So we're going to see if this fits into the offense. But offensively, you're talking about an Arizona State team that was 98th in passing, 33rd in rushing, and they lose their top two running backs, including Rashad White. He accounted for 15 of the 34 total scores. That's half. I mean, that is a huge loss to have. And I know that you're not a passing game, but you still managed to lose your top two wide receivers and three quarterbacks last year. Three quarterbacks last year for this team produced just 12 passing touchdowns. So I'm just not, I'm not, I don't want anything to do with them. These are, this is going to be a team that I'm probably interested in fading um, in each week because they're going to be favored based off of that eight and five win season total that they had last year. They're going to probably be favored in more games than they should. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be looking to fade them in any which way that I can. Defensively, they were top 20 in total defense last year. That's the one glimmer of hope that they have. But they lose three of their five top tackles. They lose their top two cornerbacks. And defensively, they had 16 interceptions. Well, they lose three players who accounted for half. So I'm not convinced either that this defense is going to remain as strong as it was last year. It could. It definitely could. But now you still have a lot of question marks at at offense. And it's just a team that had one heck of a year last year. I need to see how they rebound mentally, physically, emotionally this year. I don't even think, do they have enough players on their roster? It sounded like everybody <laughs> left. Everybody left. <laughs> everybody left. That's what I'm writing down for Arizona State. Everybody left. It's not looking good. Uh, I get it. I wouldn't want to touch it based on what you just said. And for me, wouldn't touch it with 10-foot pole and for a lot of reasons. But I'm going to go USC over nine and a half wins. Now, everybody's been so high on USC and understandably a UCLA alumna, probably not going to be. But we're talking about this straight up facts here. Lincoln Riley's a first-year head coach, low he brought in a ton of shiny new talent caleb williams jordan addison lots of big names nothing new to usc really i mean new in terms of lots and lots of talent especially on the offensive side of things and i think that's important to note too the defense the trojans ranked 11th in the pac-12 in yards per play allowed last season and they allowed what 32 points per game last year so there needed to be big steps forward on the defensive side of things i don't know that we saw that and again you're having so many new pieces come together and hopefully it starts to click maybe a couple games into the season but that's a big ask from a first-year head coach, even Lincoln Riley. So over nine and a half wins, I don't want to touch that. I think it's hilarious that we're seeing USC at 20 to one on Bet Rivers to win the national championship oh this gosh. year. <laughs> 20 to one. I remember seeing 25 to one and thought it was hilarious. So lots oh. of work to get done here from a four and eight season to get to what? 
10 wins come on that's so i think of... that this is not something i want any part of like you said there's a lot of shiny brand new pieces and that's more enticing yeah. to people than actually looking at what do they have and they they don't have a lot they have a lot of transfers that's a lot of key parts to try to gel together in one season and defensively this was just a team that was not good i mean they allowed ucla ucla to put up 62 points how do you rebound now that's you're bringing right. in lincoln riley who's known for his offense well who's going to help them on their defense <laughs> yeah and that, take what Pam says, honestly, because everything I say with a grain of salt, obviously, but Pam has no horse in this race, and she's agreeing with me here. So that's the important thing here, which is funny because if you look at the Pac-12 odds, so I'm going to wrap things up here by looking at who do we think is going to be in the championship game and who do you think is going to win. So obviously we lost conferences, so that's a new factor. USC is the front runner on Bet Rivers at 2-1, to one, Utah plus 240, Oregon plus 250, and then a huge jump to Washington and UCLA at 10-1. to one. Washington State 25 to 1, Stanford 33 to 1. I'm not going to go past that. Actually, we'll give you Oregon State because I know you like them too at 33 to 1. But who do you think we're going to see in the Pac 12 championship? I do like UCLA. I'm interested in them. Um, it's just really crazy with UCLA how two seasons ago, exactly two seasons ago, I had. I was talking about Chip Kelly being on the chopping block. All of a sudden, yeah. he turns it around 8-4 season, gets a new contract extension, um, and now I'm talking about them to potentially win the conference. I mean, they are a good enough team. They have enough returning pieces. They have a really good quarterback, and like you mentioned, running back Zach Charbonnet, he's fantastic. So they have the pieces. It's just, can they put, a, can they put it away late in games and turn some of those losses, one-score losses, into wins? That's going to be the big factor. But I do also like Utah. I mean, you're talking about a defense. You have a great quarterback in Cameron Rising. He's back. He was fantastic to watch. Um, and you have a defense that was uh, elite level. Um, they lost to Ohio State 48-45, to and they were up 35-21 to at the half. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Utah in it once again. So maybe let's get U Utah. Utah, yeah. I definitely have Utah making it to the conference championship, probably winning it. My question mark is who's going to be there with them. Yeah. I'd love to say UCLA. I'm not going to do that. But but I also want to know why nobody's talking about Oregon as much this year. Uh, that's an interesting one. Let me see. What do I have? Okay, so they won 10-4 and four last year. They won the Pac-12 North. Well, they have a new head coach. And always when you have a new head coach, that's always going to be – is it – not an automatic fade, but that's automatic question mark for me is like, how do you transition from one, like your first year out of the flag. game? That is yeah. just like, can you be really good? And I think it's because like for me personally, they have a new quarterback in Bo Nix. I have never mm. been a fan of Bo Nix. <laughs> I was not a fan of him at Auburn. I faded him often and his road splits is like alarming. Like on the road, if you look at Bo Nix when he was at Auburn, he had 1,400 passing yards at home, eight touchdowns. But when he went on the road, less than 900 and only three passing scores. I mean, he I was bottom 25 in yards per pass attempt and 6.8 in his career average. I mean, he, the only consistency that Bonex has is that he doesn't, he's not really, he doesn't give the ball away. He's pretty, he holds on to the ball pretty well. He has only five interceptions like per season. And the offensive line is returning all five. So maybe that could help him. But until I see Nick's able to play as well as home as he can, uh, play as well on the road as he can at home, then this is a complete fade for, fade for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm completely with you there. And it's just interesting to me because I feel like Oregon's always in that conversation. And, I mean, aren't they one of the teams that was most recently actually in a national championship situation? Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just interesting that we're just kind of glossing over them right now. So maybe they'll surprise us. Uh, maybe Oregon State will surprise us. Maybe the state of Oregon will. And the state of Arizona is probably going to let us down is what I've taken away from this.
I mean, Oregon could also definitely, but they have a lot of missing parts too. New parts. You have new running backs. You have a new pass rusher because Kayvon Thibodeau is gone to the NFL. Yep. Uh, you have a new secondary. You're, you have Lanning from D. You have a defensive coordinator to head coach. He's defensive minded. Um, so that's great. Your defense is probably going to do, do well, but you still have a quarterback in Bo Nix that has question marks. How much of that was coaching? How much of that is actually his skill set? The one mm-hmm. thing that the Oregon does have going for them is that they don't play USC and they get UCLA at, and Utah at home. So maybe they are going under the radar here. Um, I think we're going to know pretty quick. In the, early on in the season, I mean, we're, we're going to find out. Is Bo Nix for real? Is he better here as a Duck than he was as a Tiger? So if that's the case, then, yeah, maybe we're sleeping on him. Yeah. I'm with you completely. Pam, before I let you go, and thank you so much for talking to us about the Pac-12, what are you most excited about for this upcoming football season, pro or college, whatever you're excited for? The Longhorns going to the national championship. (laughs) (laughs) I won't bet on my team, but then that's how we end it. Okay. (laughs) We can dream. We are fans and we are betters, and we have to separate those things sometimes. So I appreciate you uh, always keeping it real, always having the stats to back things up, Pam. Thanks for having me. All right, follow Pam on Twitter at PamelaM35. You can catch all of her stuff on Yahoo Sportsbook. And stick with us because coming up next, we have WNBA to talk about. And we have a special guest to do it right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet River Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Very excited to welcome to the show for the first time Justin Carter here to preview the WNBA Friday and Saturday games with me. Of course, we'll look at futures as well. He's a writer and editor at Fubo TV and covers women's basketball for everyone. DCT basketball, fan sided, windsider, you name it. Justin, thanks so much for making the time, especially I know it was your day off, so I appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, no problem. Great, great to be here ball is life right so we just we just don't take no days off obviously so before we get into the friday games i want to ask you what your thoughts are on the current mvp race right now obviously we're hearing a lot of talk about asia wilson and some of her teammates as well kelsey plum anybody sticking out to you i mean i think it seems like a two-player race at this point you know there's asia wilson obviously the aces have been so good this year and then brianna stewart's really come on strong lately i mean i think my vote if i had one would still go to asia but stewie's playing really really well right now um the storm have been performing pretty well so i think it's between those two at this point yeah i was heartbroken on wednesday to see the storm just demolish the links because i'm still holding out hope that the links could sneak into playoffs yeah i I thought they were going to for a while but i think i saw that one more win by dallas eliminates them so Mm. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Uh, and Dallas, of course, uh, played the Aces on Thursday. We're recording on Thursday, so we don't know the outcome of that one just yet. But we are going to look at the Friday games first. So let's take a look at the LA Sparks versus the Atlanta Dream going on 4.30 p.m. Pacific time on Friday. And I have to say the Sparks have fallen off as of late. And I think that we had a lot of question marks about what they were going to look like when Liz Cambage left the team. And it has not looked good so far. What are your thoughts, Sparks first dream? Yeah, I mean, there was a point where I thought, Losing Cambage would be like an addition by subtraction kind of thing. 
I think that, we all did. That was not true. Yeah, they've no. lost five in a row. They've struggled. I mean, Shanae Azumake was out um, last game, and they almost pulled it out against the Liberty, but couldn't. Um, the Dream have a lot of injuries they're dealing with too, but it's so hard to, you know, bet on Sparks victories at this point, even though the Dream aren't at full strength. Yeah, and I mean, the other day I didn't end up taking the bet, but I was happy to hear that at least some of the listeners of the pod did take it, was to take the Dream minus 8.5 versus the Fever. It's so tough because the Fever, opposite of the Sparks, really, the Sparks love to collapse in a fourth quarter. The Fever love to show up in a fourth quarter, so it can be hard for me. But then even at halftime, I think of that Atlanta Fever game, the Dream were up by 30, and I thought, well, this looks really safe. And even at the end, the Fever battled back. They made it close, but the Dream were able to cover there. And it does seem like they're still fighting, obviously, in the scrum for a playoff spot here. Do you think that the Atlanta Dream are a little bit more, I don't want to say invested. I think the Sparks care, but it seems like Atlanta seems like they have the better chance right now to, to make a playoff run. Yeah, things just seem to be clicking a little better, which, I mean, I guess it's kind of weird to say about a team that's you know, three and seven in their last 10 games that things are clicking better, but... <laughs> Sparks just feel lost, and the Dream at least have something going on, even if it's not a lot of something. Yeah, the Dream, uh, if it did get to 10 before the game uh, for the line for the Indiana-Atlanta game, and so that ended up being a push. If you got the 8.5, it covered. But then they failed to cover four straight before that versus Dallas, Minnesota, Seattle, L.A., so a, a myriad of different levels of opponents or strength of opponents, if you will. And then the Sparks, same thing. They just covered versus the New York Liberty, but that was a game they should have won. They gave it up in the second half. It was crazy. And then they failed to cover four of those before that. So I don't know how many... I mean, I'm not expecting you to be... Mr. Better here, but if you were going to pick a side here, which side would you pick to win this game, Atlanta and the Sparks? I mean, I would go Atlanta to win. I don't. I wish I knew what the spread was for that. Which we don't have that yeah, yet. Yeah, Friday game. Um, but definitely in terms of the win, I think the Dream are playing some better basketball. Do you think the Dream possibly make playoffs? Is that still an option here? Oh, I. What are, what are even the standings right now? I need. To... I think the Wings are up there. Obviously, the Liberty have uh, just added their win as well. I think they're up to 13 wins, and the Wings were up to 13 wins. So Atlanta, it's tight. The seven right now. I think. I think they'll do it just because I don't really trust the Mercury. Um, mm. That team has so little depth at this point that um. I just I can't see them no putting faith. kind of a last second push together. Yeah. I do wonder if we're going to see a higher scoring game between the Sparks and the Dream because I am hesitant to bet on a Sparks offense at this point. And you wonder at what point when are they going to kind of pack it in for the season? I don't know. I don't want to say that because obviously um, we have the Ogumike twins on there, or not twins, but sisters, that are going to continue to battle for the Sparks. But I do wonder at some point, are they just going to drop off here? So I would look to maybe something like this is going to be a high-scoring, fast game. The Dream defense used to be something we talked about, not so much lately. They're missing a lot of players, so maybe their offense is a little stagnant too. It could go either way. This could be a mess on offense, or it could be really high-scoring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the other game going on at 5 p.m. How have you been enjoying the way they've been staggering these games? Because it's been a nightmare for me. They've been doing a bunch of games all at the same time. Yeah, it hasn't been ideal for watching games. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I get it from like a local perspective of like better times to get fans in the stadiums and all that. But you know, from, from the viewership perspective, you know, not not an ideal stretch here. 
Have you uh, used the new WNBA app this year? Because that was another point of contention for a lot of people is the new WNBA app and how hard it's been to stream games. Yeah, I mean, I, I have I haven't really used League Pass as much as I have in the past because um, it right. feels like there's usually a game on, especially because now that I'm in a local market, sort of Iowa is close enough to Chicago that we get local Sky games here. So there's usually a game to watch without having to get on the WNBA League Pass app, but yeah, I, I like yeah, the old it's, it's app. It's been a little rough. <laughs> yeah, we do. We like the old app better. That's not like a new thought here, obviously. Uh, let's look at the other game though. That is at five o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Friday. Mystics at the Sky. The Mystics are my favorite team to bet on. They're the best team against the spread this season, especially, obviously, very different team when Elena Deladon is in. Uh, and supposedly, we're going to see her in the rest of the games this season. Have you heard anything to the contrary? That's what that's what I've heard, too, is that she should be playing the rest of the way. Yeah, so she's been ramping up. I think that we're about to get playoff Elena, and I'm very, very excited. Uh, that's the only future ticket I have, by the way, is the Mystics at 15-1. to 1. If you had to bet on a team to win the championship right now, who is your front runner? I actually also have the Mystics. When did I get them? Let me check. I got them at plus 1,400 to win the title. Um, okay. 14 to 1, same. Yep. So you know, that was a bet I made, you know, back in August. Um, oh, wait. No, not back in August. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Back in, like, June, I think. Um, okay. That like makes that. more sense. <laughs> uh, I just forgot what month it was. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's where I we're at. They're, they're, they're really rounding into form now that Deladon mm -hmm. is you know, back, and now that her back injury seems to not be kind of flaring back up. Um, uh -huh. I, I mean, I know they're going to end up as like the four seed, but I still think, you know, that team has a really great shot at a title. And the uh, best team at defending the aces, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th I think they, they match up well there. They have some really, you know, energetic front court pieces on the Washington side. Um they can kind of help them not neutralize Asia Wilson, but help. keep her at bay at least. Yeah, something. they make it a little easier to defend there. Yeah, I would agree. And and we're getting a great matchup on Friday in Washington at Chicago. Chicago looks, I mean, I don't want to say comfortable, but they're obviously in. They're at the top here with the Aces, and they're one of the teams that have actually been able to beat the Aces. What do you think we're going to see in Washington at Chicago? You know, I think after how the Sky played against Dallas, um, we probably get a much kind of better version of Chicago than last game. I think like Renewed kind of a bounce effort. back. Um, yeah. But I'm really intrigued with this matchup, right? Um, two teams that are playing well right now. Um, the Sky have, I mean, the Sky, the Sky have hit a little bit of a rough patch. I think the last five games are two and three overall. Um, they lost to the Wings and Liberty, so maybe I'm overvaluing how good Chicago is right now or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think if this game was in Washington, I would be all over the Mystic side. Um, yeah. Being in Chicago where the um, Sky are 12 and 3 this season does complicate that a little bit, but I don't know. I just I like how the Mystics are looking right now. I know, and to your point, the Sky losing at home the other day was very much a shock for me. I wanted to be on the Sky there, so hopefully we are looking at a bounce-back spot for them here. And to your point, they did play Washington at Washington back in May. They won that game 82-73, to and they were two-point dogs in that game. Understandably so, because they were at Washington. When they had them at home, they also won 91-82. to 
uh, and they were five-point favorites, covered that, and then most recently played again on June 8th, and they lost that one 84-82. That was a great game. The Mystics did what they did best and kind of limited the offense there, uh, but they were still able to cover here, three-and-a-half-point dogs, I believe, so I think this could go either way. So if we're just talking about a toss-up maybe, who do you think wins this one straight up? I, I think I would go with the Mystics, but I would not. I don't know how comfortable I would feel betting anything but the money line in this one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe if you got points, like a decent amount of points with one side or the other, but I don't think we're going to see a very big spread here. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, Kalia Copper too has been somebody that I've been keeping my eye on for Chicago, who seems to be kind of breaking out now. Joined the team late, came from Spain, won a championship, and was never playing poorly, but is just now starting to kind of ramp up, I think. And so, if you're looking for player props as well, maybe on Bet Rivers, I think that Kalia Copper is definitely one to pay attention to right now. Uh, we also have Saturday games, so I want to ask you about the Fever at the Wings. Oof. At what point did the Fever give up? Are the Fever going to win a sixth game the rest of the season? <laughs> I don't know. Without Kelsey Mitchell, it's it's bleak Seems there. Impossible. I mean, they've lost 15 in a row. They're 2-14 and 14 on the road this season. The Wings are such an inconsistent team, but I, I don't see them losing to Indiana, even with the inconsistency that the Wings have had all year. You know what's messed up is I would rather bet the Wings on the road than at home. Hmm. They're just, they, they perform better as road dogs for whatever reason. And they're going to be favored here, I would imagine. I don't even imagine by how much. I mean, I have to think that the Wings will be, what, 10-point favorites at least? Yeah, and with how, I mean, with how Indiana's season's gone, I would probably take that. Take that. I wouldn't feel great about it, but... <laughs> Yeah, this is not the game that I'm itching to bet, definitely. And that one starts at 5 p.m. So if you wait for the later game on Saturday, we have the New York Liberty at the Mercury. And you've already kind of expressed a little bit of your opinions on where the Mercury at right now. Obviously, devastating news with Brittany Griner uh, that we got on Thursday that she was sentenced to nine years in prison. Now, of course, at this point, we're really just waiting for a negotiation to get her back. But it's just truly horrific. And you wonder how this is going to affect the team, obviously, on an emotional level. Um, that said, just speaking purely basketball here, Liberty at Mercury, what are your thoughts? You know, I it's hard to know what to say about this game right now because I know Diana Taurasi is questionable for tonight's game. I don't Thursday, know what the status yeah. will be by Saturday. Um, right. They get Diamond to Shields back, which is good, but Huge, I mean, actually, yeah. not knowing what the Taurasi situation is makes it tough to really predict that game. But I mean, the Liberty have been playing better basketball right now than the Mercury have. Mm -hmm. um, at, le at least I think they have. I guess their last two games being wins against the Sparks. What does that really say? Yeah, saying? maybe it seems like the Liberty are playing better. Um, but Is it an illusion? Um, but yeah, I think, I think the Liberty, even though they're on the road for that one, they just have a more complete team right now. Um, the Mercury are trying, but when you're having to play every starter like 35 minutes, it's just at some point that has to wear you down. What were your thoughts or what was your reaction to Tina Charles' decision to leave the team? Um, oh, I think it made sense for Put her. On the spot. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think she wanted she wants a title, and the Mercury, as constructed, weren't close to that, and the Storm are. Um, yeah. 
It's as simple as that. Sometimes it is like we kind of do what's best for you. And I just feel bad for the Mercury. I think it's been blow after blow for them this season. Yeah, I mean, it's been good to see like Shea Petty playing well for them. I mean, there's been some positives there, but not much. Yeah, not much. it's unfortunate. And I mostly I always say I feel bad for Skylar Diggins Smith. Seems like she's trapped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hope. I wouldn't say hopefully, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see her somewhere else next year. Mm -hmm. hopefully happier yeah hopefully somewhere where she, she can win yeah i'm with you i'm with you completely so i'm glad you both we both have a mystics ticket that makes me excited that we're hopefully on the right track here and let people know where they can find your work um yeah i have um a lot of places you can read my <laughs> women's basketball writing right now i do a weekly column over at fansided and i also do daily um daily fantasy pieces for rotoballer oh, nice. um I was doing some betting picks in that for a while, but that's kind of trickled off. It's just I haven't had as much time to it put all that together. Um, yeah. I've mostly focused on the fantasy aspects lately. Um, yeah. And they can always follow you on Twitter at J-U-S Carts, right? So Just Carts. Yeah. Just like at, Justin Carter. At Just Carts. The Just Cart was taken for some reason, I think. So I had <laughs> so to carts. put an S at the end there. <laughs> Uh, well, we appreciate you, Justin, as always, making the time, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, thanks, Justin, and thank you for listening to Los Angeles CityCast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know the deal. We'll be back with more Los Angeles action on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.